Remember when I was in junior high, I was going to a junior high Catholic school, and our high school had their annual play on, and it was Jesus Christ Superstar. Some of us may remember that or seeing it, the movie of it, and what it reminds me of is that beautiful phrase that often got stuck in my head in a beautiful way, prepare the way of the Lord. And it helped me make this connection to this particular gospel, prepare the way of the Lord. And after that play, I wanted to be like the main character, Jesus Christ, superstar. Think of the things that impact us in our life, those people that witness to us, those movies, those plays, those examples that spur us on on the human level to want to do great things. St. John the Baptist did great things in a very, very humble way. He was the one that the prophet Isaiah was referring to in our first reading. He is the one that we hear today, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus. Because we heard in our readings today that he will come like a thief in the night, and we never know when the hour will come. But for the one and ones who are ready, it makes absolutely no difference when he comes, as long as our hearts are prepared to receive the Lord. John the Baptist recognized his limits as a human being. And we see that displayed profoundly in the gospel. He lived a very humble life, as we heard, how he lived in the desert, the many sacrifices he made, eating less than pleasant things that would be pleasant for us to eat. He lived a very ascetical life, a disciplined life offered to God, asking God for grace and blessing. And he was the voice that was in the wilderness, calling out to repentance. But notice the humility that we see in the gospel that captures it so beautifully. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. He's referring to Jesus. He says just before that, one mightier than I is coming. Mightier than John the Baptist. For the people, they realized he was radically in love with God. There'd be one greater than that? Yes. And there'd be one more powerful than that in calling people to repentance? Yes. What's the difference? Of course, we know Jesus is God, and God is all-powerful. But as it applies specifically to baptism, here's what John teaches us. So as he's in the desert doing his work, he's calling people to repentance, he's coming, people are coming to him. He says, I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. His baptism was a call, an invitation, a challenge to change one's way, to prepare one's heart. It might not be unlike people in our lives who call us to make a change in our life or those who encourage us on like a life coach, or we get ready to make that New Year's resolution. We're going to do it, right? John the Baptist knew that when 
Jesus would come. He would come with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit brings that transformation from inside because God gives us the spiritual power to do it. It's the grace that comes to us directly from God himself. And how blessed we are to get that grace in the sacraments. And so the baptism that, Saint jo- that John the Baptist was doing was calling people to repentance. The baptism that Jesus instituted, he forgives the sins. That's the difference. One has the power of the Holy Spirit, God himself who washes away the sin. It's God himself who changes the ordinary bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus. It's God himself who, at the anointing of the sick, brings that interior healing for the soul, consecrates marriages, sets aside deacons, priests, and bishops, giving them the power of Jesus in particular ways. So the power of the Holy Spirit flows through us. So when our good deacon and deacons baptize a priest or a deacon, they're baptizing with the power of the Holy Spirit in the person of Jesus. That's very different than a call to repentance. The Old Testament, people were not as fortunate as we are. We're blessed with the power of the Holy Spirit in the sacraments. That's why the sacraments of the church are so very important. And not only in the forgiveness of sin and baptism, which washes away original sin, gives us the grace we need to rise above the vulnerabilities we all have, the weaknesses. It's receiving the Holy Spirit that enables that to happen. And when a priest or a bishop is hearing confessions and a repentant sinner comes in asking God for forgiveness, it's not just a call from the priest or the bishop to say, I call you, I challenge you to a change of life. It's the priest or the bishop standing in the person of Jesus. And in that beautiful sacramental moment, I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes into the soul to bring divine life. My brothers and sisters, in this trying time, We have every reason to be filled with comfort as prophesied in our first reading from Isaiah. We have every reason to be filled with hope and the power of God is greater than any hardship and trial and any loss here on earth. As long as we are humble like John the Baptist and we open our hearts to receive the Holy Spirit in grace, and in a particular way in the sacraments. When you come today to receive Holy Communion, 
Invite all of us to reflect upon what it is we are about to receive. It's not merely a sign or a symbol of Jesus. It's not merely recalling what Jesus did. It's Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, transforming it into his body for you and for me. Comfort. Bring comfort to my people. We have every reason to be filled with comfort.